0: Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. In one of my uh, favorite Peanuts comic strips, Lucy says to Charlie Brown, sometimes I feel like we're not communicating. You, Charlie Brown, are a foul ball in the line drive of life. You're often in the shadow of your own goalpost. You're a miscue. You're three putts on the 18th green. You're a 7-10 split in the 10th frame. You have dropped a rod and a reel in the lake of life. You're a missed free throw. You're a shanked nine iron, a called third strike, a bug on the windshield of life. Do you understand, Charlie Brown? Have I made myself clear? I think there are times in most all of our lives when we feel a bit like Charlie Brown. There may be some days when we feel like life itself is against us, and we're always coming up short, and we are exhausted from losing. At the time that he wrote today's first lesson, St. Paul must have felt that way. He was a man who had been beaten more times than he could count. He had been shipwrecked. He had been jailed. He'd gone to bed hungry and thirsty and cold. He'd been bruised up and banged up, rounded up and rung up, but he learned not to let any of it get him down. Like St. Paul, I think most of us have been there. We have felt like we're in a real losing streak, whether it's health issues, family issues, financial struggles, the loss of a dear loved one, difficulties in the workplace. Sometimes we just feel like we are losing in the game of life. I think we would do well to see how Paul survived his losses and his hardships. Paul begins today's reading by saying, "If, if God is for us, Who is against us? God is for us. Four little words, simple words. God is for us. No matter who you are, in spite of what you may have been through in the past or what you're going through right now or what you've done, God is for you. Think about it. Think about what that means to you. God is on your side. You are never on the battlefield alone. God has your back. God is walking with you. God is talking with you. He is with you and me. God is for us. And I think these four little words really summarize the entire gospel. So in practical terms, what does it mean to us that God is for us? That we have a God who is for us. First, to know that God is for us means that nothing can separate us from the special love of Christ our Lord. Nothing in this world, whether it be cancer, divorce, depression, loneliness, disaster, loss of a loved one, even death itself, nothing will be able to lessen God's love for us. Now, all of these difficulties will try, but they will not prevail they will, make, they will be challenging, but they will never ever sever us from God's love because God is for us. Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. That love of Jesus that was poured out on you in the waters of your baptism, and nothing can disconnect you from that. That love of Jesus that is given to you in the Lord's Supper each time that you receive Christ's body and blood Nothing in your life can take that away from you. Christ has placed his love upon us, and nothing can sever that love. Nothing can take that away. Nothing. Reminds me of the story of an old farmer who had placed this prominent weather vane on the top of his barn, with an arrow that would point in whatever direction the the wind was blowing. And on that arrow, he had painted the words, God is love. One day, one of his neighbors asked him, What what do you mean by that? Do you mean that God's love is changeable? That it, it veers about as the arrow moves, as the arrow twists in the wind. And the farmer said, no, not at all. He said, I mean that whatever way the wind is blowing, God is still love. Whatever way the wind is blowing in your life, God's love is still there. The love of Christ is always yours and nothing can separate you from that love because God is for us. And so how can we say that God's love is for us? How are we able to say that nothing on earth can separate us from God's love? Verse 37 is the key. Paul writes, Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will affliction or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword And then Paul answers his own question. No, he says, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. You see, even when we face serious trials in life, we are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. Now, notice the word conquer that Paul uses here. The word conquer is a very rare word in the scriptures. In fact, this is the only time it's used in the entire New Testament. And the Greek word for conquer is the word And The word hooper means super. And the word nikos, from which we get the name for the Nike shoe company, nikos means victorious. So when you put those two words together, they literally mean super victorious. Paul is saying that we are literally super victorious even in the face of life's most difficult struggles. Which means, friends, Christians are not just survivors. We are not just survivors. We are more than conquerors. We are more than champions, more than prize winners, more than victors. We are super victorious. Which means even when the losses of life pile up and we're overwhelmed by them, as we deal with the separations and the tragedies of life, it may seem like we have nothing left. And yet Paul reminds us that when all is said and done, God will be victorious. And this is not just empty speculation, because Jesus rose from the dead. He overcame death and the grave. He overcame the worst separation that any of us can face. What shall separate us from the love of Christ? You can just fill in the blank for yourself. Shall cancer separate us from the love of Christ? Shall divorce or depression or the death of a dear loved one? Shall failure or shame or guilt? Shall chronic illness or heart disease or despair separate us from the love of Christ? And the answer Paul gives us is a resounding no. In all these things, we are ultimately conquerors. We are super victorious. The victory may not always come exactly as we want it, but it will come. It will come because God is for us. I'd like to close with a, a true story that I think is a, a perfect picture, a beautiful picture of a God who, who is for us. It was shared by the late pastor Louis Albrecht. This is what he wrote. He said, I remember when I returned from overseas at the end of World War II. I was met by my wife and my three-year-old daughter, whom I had not seen since she was only three months old. She knew nothing of her father, except by a picture that was on her mother's dresser and the things that her mother told her about me. But to her, her, Daddy wasn't really a person. Daddy was just this picture and some stories. I wondered, how was my daughter to know that I loved her? She was not old enough to understand that I could love her, even though I had been away for over two and a half years. She didn't know the relationship between a father and a daughter. In fact, the only man that she knew in her life was her grandfather, and he died while I was gone. So I knew that I had to find a way to to develop that relationship between us. So I I would stoop down, and I would reach out my arms to her if she was on the other side of the room, and I would say, where is the little girl Daddy loves? And she learned to come running into my arms and she knew that I would clasp her to my heart. And in that way, my little girl learned that her daddy loved her. And Pastor Albrecht concludes his story the same way Jesus wants us to run into his arms so that he might assure us of his love. He concludes, I have a plaque on my bedroom wall which says, I asked Jesus, how much do you love me? And Jesus said, this much, and spread his arms and died on the cross. What a great image of God's love. Jesus spread his arms on the cross and he asks us to run into those arms of love for eternity. God is for us. Nothing will ever separate us from the special love that God has for all of his children. Thanks be to God. Amen.